Welcome to CTO Think, a podcast about leadership, product development, and tech decisions between two recovering chief technology officers. Here are your hosts, Don Vandemark and Randy Burgess. Hey, Don, what's going on? Oh, it's been one of those weeks. Uh, <laughs> one of those weeks where, um, so this is going to be a very uh, non-technical CTO think discussion, but it, it'll be a good uh, good management CTO think discussion, I think. All right. Um, so for for the company, uh, the the construction company that I do work uh, that that I that I run, um, it's been a week with um, client managers complaining about work and p and my people and it's that it's very much a case of he should he said she said um so so let's let's dig into it a little okay um so in, in one case we have a a client manager who is in charge of a store um it's a it's not an upscale store but it's a store where appearance matters yeah. and um Essentially, they had cracks all over the outside of their building. Um, there are a few ways to deal with the cracks. Um, the The way we proposed was kind of the middle of the roadway, the one that makes it look good, but doesn't make it like a new wall, yeah. um, which would have, which would have required skinning the whole wall and relaying the stucco all along that wall. Um, but that's also, you know, three to four times more expensive. So um, the manager reaches out to the company that assigns us the work and says, I don't want this crew back. Um, so yeah. I, I reach out to the manager and, and I ask, okay, well, what's your concern? And he says, this wall looks worse than, than, it, than, than when it was done. Now, than before it was done. Now, Having dealt with managers in the past, client managers in the past, I know they're prone to exaggeration at times. So I, I talked them through it. I said, we'd, we'd be back out there to, to take a look and, and do what we could. Um, I also talked to the person responsible for that work. And he said, that wall looks good. Um, compared to where it was, that wall looks good. And I've already sent pictures and you can look at those pictures and see that the wall is in much better shape than it was originally. Um, I've looked at the pictures, pictures look fine, but also pictures are a static point in time. Um, so it's hard, it's hard for me remotely to say to the client manager, you're wrong. It's over. Um, where we, we did the work to the best of our ability. Um, but I also can't send the guys back out there to totally reskin the wall to, to meet the, the client's expectations. Yeah. Um, so and I think that's where, I think that's where this discussion is about is about expectations and, and perceptions. Well, yeah. So at this point, if you deliver code to a client or deliver code to a manager or an executive who doesn't really know much about how the work is done, they know how it looks. I mean, the hardest thing about software development is you can make humongous improvements on the back end. And if you haven't changed the logo or repainted the screens, some different color, 
to the user side or the <clears throat> uneducated side, their perspective is, well, nothing changed. And you're like, yeah, well, we just put in three months of work on the scaling so that our servers aren't topping, like falling over. So in this case, right. in this case, though, you've got, I want to say, an un, a possibly unreasonable client demand for the money they spent on the work. Right. And you run into that in technology. There's really, I mean, this, oh, is, for sure. this is nothing new in that line. And but you use the key word there, expectations. So the question I have is, I guess one, do you find this manager maybe past or present to be unreasonable in their expectations, no matter what you do or say? We usually don't work with the same stores on a regular basis, so there's not a lot of history here. Okay. Um, I, 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 the the last statement the manager told to me before we hung up, and and I, after I told him we were going to come back out there to fix fix uh, to take a look and potentially fix it, was well, these are the same guys who came in and boarded up my store before the hurricane, and I didn't like the way they boarded it up. So I, I kind of get the feeling he's one of those that's not ever going to be happy. Um, Did they use but it's Cedar? Also, it's also, it's also <laughs> the, the, I don't know what he's <laughs> Like, what the heck? <laughs> I've done hurricane <laughs> evacuations. You don't really care a ton about it unless water gets in through the window or something. Yeah. But, but anyway, <laughs> so there's on one side of things. There is the unreasonable, there's a client with unreasonable expectations, no matter what you do. There is the person that has a preconception of this team doesn't deliver. They don't deliver how I want them to. And you cannot please them no matter what you do. And yeah, if you're in consulting and you have multiple clients, you can maybe say, based on your sales pipeline, I'm going to fire that client. I'm not going to work for them anymore. It sucks yeah. a little. If you're working for a particular manager and you answer that person, then that's a little less flexible and you have to decide, do I want to keep working here anymore? And then you also need to look in the mirror at yourself as a manager and go, do I treat the people that work for me like that too. And that's a third perspective right. that is important to kind of keep in mind. But to this situation, um, because of the uh, projects we've been working on, I know that you all have lots of photos taken. You have to take photos for their work. Yeah, correct. So my question would be, is there a way to educate this manager on the various types of repair and what to expect ahead of time. Like if you know that, Hey, there's a project and if, because this manager is not making the choice, it's to what you said, there's a parent company that is hiring you on behalf of the manager. The manager right. though is going, is basically saying to the management company, I don't like the work you're sending. 
But is there any, let's say this person has some way to be reasonable. It, do you think if you were to show this person before and after versions of different ways to approach this type of repair, like kind of like when you walk in to a sales um, or a meeting or something and they say, here's the type of window you can buy. And here's the budget window. Here's the middle window. Here's the premium. Your company just bought you the repair and the medium. And this is what it looks like. Do you like <clears throat> at any point, do you think that you could educate to set the expectations lower before the work is done based on previous work visuals or something? Yeah, I, we probably could have. Um, it's, it's a case. Uh, so I will, I will say expectation setting probably fell a little short here. Um, we did not go back to them and say, we can do three things. We can one, just paint the wall and that's event. The cracks will eventually show through because we're not fixing the cracks. We can two, we can patch the cracks and paint the wall and it's not going to be like a new wall, but it'll be It'll, it'll be decent. Or three, we can remove the stucco from the whole wall and restucco everything and it'll look like a new wall. But those are three separate costs. We didn't give them three options. Um, okay. We don't have the time usually <clears throat> to give three options. We give what we think are the best options. Um, and we have different... Um, different clients that have different expectations. Um, we, we work with, uh, a, a specific brand of a dollar store and I won't, I won't name the brand, a specific brand of a dollar store. Yeah. They are the one client we have that wants the least expensive solution always. Yeah. Regardless if it's the right answer, they want the least expensive solution. Um, they'll let, they'll let the problem that's going to show up in a year, show up in a year and they'll deal with it then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have on the other end, we have a fairly high end grocery store that expects everything to look great. So we propose the better solutions for them. So we try and match the solutions we offer um, with the client. Um, and in this case, I don't know that we necessarily communicated that properly. So I've got to go behind it now and, 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 and do that communication. Yeah. Um, it may be too late to save this particular store. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to continue working with that brand, but that may go away too. If I put my foot down and say, this is the best we can do with what was, um, solutioned. Um, but, but we'll see. So the, I guess here's the other question because this manager answers to a higher group. Why aren't you more concerned with what the higher group thinks? Like maybe they don't feel the manager's reasonable either. I mean, well, they do. Yeah, that's that's a part of the backstory you haven't gotten yet. So that's why I'm already on edge a little on this one. This okay. this store, um, this this particular piece of work, we were in the middle of doing the the repair we've been talking about, and the district manager. So this manager's boss comes and says, 
why are you only doing one side of the store? It's going to look different than the other sides of the store. You have to do the whole store. Well, that's not what was sent to us. What was sent to us was fix this side of the store. Yeah. So already I can, I have a feeling we're already behind the eight ball with this particular district manager. Um, Because regardless of what was sent to us, he's going to perceive it as our fault. Um, So I think we're, I think we're in a losing battle here. Um, We did go back and propose to do the other two sides. I don't see us getting that work at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I want that work at this point Um, because it's, it's whatever we do is not going to be enough. So that's, Uh, so then that's the other question. I mean, I worked for a consulting firm where the pipe, the sales pipeline was weak as heck and we took everything that came our way. And the idea that we would fire clients wasn't really a, in the, it wasn't an option at the time. Over the years, that company has done tremendously better. And I think they fire clients whenever they need to based on unreasonable expectations. And we will, burn our people out trying to keep you happy. So the question, I guess, is are your feelings about the, is the frustration you're feeling about not pleasing the customer? Are you behind the, are you in the, are you kind of in a corner where the loss of revenues in this path is so substantial that you have to bend over backwards? Well, and that's that's the that's the problem. So we go through a third party to get this work assigned to us. Mm-hmm. So any decision I make, I have to have that third party agree with mm-hmm. that decision. Yeah, because they are a, they are probably our largest source of revenue at the moment. Yeah. So if that third party will agree agrees that we've done best we can at that store and that maybe we just don't need to work on that store that anymore, or even that brand anymore. Um, I'm okay with that decision. We can, we can survive losing that brand. Um, we've already written off one brand, mm-hmm. uh, a specific, uh, truck rental agency that where, where the work was never good enough. Everything we did, it was never good enough. And we eventually said, don't send us anymore. Mm-hmm. We, we, and, and and that was done with the blessing of the third party. They understood. So we'll go through that conversation again with this particular brand, um, and we'll see where it ends up. I I, I do pref- I would prefer it just be this store. I'd like to hold on to the brand. We've done decent work at other stores within the brand. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. But I, it, that that was only one of the issues that that happened this week. I had. Uh, it, it was just the week of, of manager complaints. I had another manager, different brand, um, say that the lead technician we had on site yelled at her and she, he, he didn't want to see that. She didn't want to see that, that technician again, period. Yep. Um, perfectly reasonable statement as it stands on its own. Um, so we dig in a little further. A, knowing the technician, yelling would be way outside his character. So already I'm like, hmm, let's let's feel this out a little. Yeah. 
Um, and, and in the conversation, the manager changed the word yelling to raised his voice, uh, flip flop the two. So already I'm like, okay, something, something's different here. Um, in talking to the technician, the technician said, yes, here's what I did. Um, we were, we were in, we were disagreeing about, uh, a particular piece of carpet we had worked on, um, she was trying to say something and I interrupted her. Mm-hmm. I may have raised my voice, but I interrupted her. I did not yell. I guarantee Don, you. I did Don, not yell, Don I... this can be considered <laughs> yelling. Like me, I'm yelling at you right now. Given the dynamics of the man of the power of that conversation, me jumping yeah. in is yelling is, is disrespectful to the power position because you know that managers in these most of these stores uh they're not exactly the 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 best of roles in terms of pressure from above and so control over the people in your store or the contractors in your store is extremely important to them so the 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 interruption and the i guess talk back is a big issue for managers. And I would imagine yep. that's the perspective, right? Well, a- absolutely. And this is where perspective comes in, right? Um, <clears throat> and, and, and we actually we actually have this conversation in in my household. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will I will I will say, to my wife, you yelled at me for this. She's like, I didn't yell. I'm like, but you did. And it was more of a, it was a raising of the voice. It was a not letting me complete my sentence. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm I, I, to me, the use of the word yell in that scenario was the quickest way to convey my frustration with the situation. So I'm completely on board with understanding both sides of this. By the way, um, you you, uh, you took my next example, which was Megan and I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's very common, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so so I, I'm I'm okay, and I I completely understand um, both sides of this. Uh, I I'm even more on the side of the technician here, but to to assuage the manager. We've talked to the manager. We're going to go back out and and fix the little carpet issue she had with a different technician. Um, the technician we had said he he wanted to call the store and apologize. He he felt he really needed to do that. Yeah. Uh, which tells you all you need to know about who who who's probably in the right here. Um, is he he feels he feels he feels it enough that he wants to correct even what he may see as a as a missed perception because um, he says I did not yell. Are you um, going to allow the apology? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think I. I mean, let's go back. We, I think I brought this up before, but my one of my bigger screw ups as a manager with people was I was the CTO of a financial firm and there was a office manager was sent out on a 
project for my boss. And I gave explicit instructions about what that manager needed to do. It was written on a piece of paper, everything that she needed to do on the, she had to like leave the office and handle these tasks. And she kept calling me like over and over and over about questions that I had already explicitly given her instructions to handle. And I was busy. I was under the pressure of my own projects and stuff that day. And finally, I just, after I got fed up after the fifth phone call and just said, it is time for you to grow up, read the instructions (laughs) and figure it out yourself. And, oh man, I got pulled into the office by my boss and she basically said, what did you say? And I, <laughs> I just said, told her what I said. She's like, that's not how you talk to people here. I like, she's like, I completely agree with you that she wasn't doing what she needed to do, but you don't, we don't treat people that way here. And I was, yeah. I worked there for 10 years. So this is probably year six or seven, I think. So it's not like it was the make or break, but it was the the biggest personal management flub I'd ever done where, yeah. where fundamentally I was right. Like this person needed to take the responsibility of it, but she made me crack under the constant, bur- like I'm fed up with you and I did not handle it well. And so I apologized and, um, you know, I had to repair that relationship of, with me and the office manager but did you did you sabotage her from then on so she'd get fired that's that's what normal no. people would do <laughs> not at no. all no no, no. Oh, okay. she, she worked there at least another year two years or so and we were all we were on good terms but i i mean i definitely crossed the line on how i communicated my frustration yeah and, yeah, and what and, i should and... yeah go, go ahead. ahead well i in hindsight what should i have done I should have walked into my into the office of my boss and said, "Pauline was my boss. Was the my boss's name? But like Pauline, like uh, Jennifer is calling me too much about this. I gave her explicit instructions. I don't know what else to do to help her. What should I do here? Because she's not my report, and I am. She's completely interrupting me. I should have just taken it to." manager and said this is a problem what do you want me to do and i that's what i didn't do is i just took it upon myself to put her in her place and it wasn't professional it wasn't acceptable and so if that's what the contractor did with the manager in your case i can totally understand his desire to apologize and that really goes a long way with reasonable people too. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, and that's I mean, what I was going to say is at the end of the day, people are human. Um, yeah. Yes, you made a mistake, but it's a mistake I could easily see myself making. Um, in, in the heat of frustration, uh, everybody's uh, except maybe the most mild-mannered person has said things they wish they could take back. Um, you probably even regretted it after you said it before any feedback. It probably oh, yeah. it was probably in your head that you were like, yeah, that I may have overstepped there. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. So it, it, it it's, and this is, we're, we're, we're going to go slightly different. This is all about, um, 
causing the problem and then what do you do to fix the problem um so so being human is part of it and and i'm I, these things happen and and i i try to communicate to my technicians as much as i can that we don't expect perfection we expect them to do their best work um and and if we have to fix something we will fix it um but to go out and do it um But we do have that expectation that that if we screw something up, we're going to fix it. And that's that's been my communication with the third party uh, over these past 18 hours yeah. is we're going to try and make this right. Um, now, I do think that the next conversation is, OK, I've gotten all sides of the story. I don't think there's a make it right here. Um, and this is back to the original, the first issue we were talking about. Yeah. Um, which is, I, I don't think there's a way to make this right. We, we'd love to, but I, I, I don't think the expectations match the, the reality. So you need, you probably need to pull us off of this and, and have somebody else go out there and tell them what they, they need done. Um, so, because <clears throat> as we discussed, we've got, we've got two other walls we're supposed to do and we're not going to do those now. So, so, the question I have is, do your technicians have an outlet? Do you think they feel empowered to vent up the chain to your folks? Like, to prevent the problems in the first place. Like, So now we're talking a lot about situations where handling the issues that came up. So now the question yeah. is, how do you prevent these scenarios uh, in terms Boy, of it's like a hand it's like i handed you a script <laughs> um, so i i'm not going to talk about how, how how we can anticipate those scenarios the, the short answer is yes um all the technicians know me and and have my phone number and i'm i'm above the people they talk to on a day-to-day basis to run to run the the business um, so if they've got frustrations, they know they can reach out. They know that most of the time we have their backs. Um, but that said, we're always going to lean on, can we fix, can we make it better for the client? Yes. They're being unreasonable. What can we do to make it better? Um, but, but we're always going to have the technicians back and let them, let them vent. But the, the third thing I was dealing with this week was I've got tension in my own system right now. Um, I've got a person who's responsible for dispatching work, dispatching work to a technician they don't trust. Um, and they don't trust that technician because in the past that technician has done subpar work mm-hmm. a couple times, once or twice. Um, and when presented with it, didn't exactly rectify it, um, was more of the, this is the way we've always done it sort of thing. Um, so right now I've got that tension as well to where we were, we were sending other technicians from farther away to deal with issues in that technician's area. Yeah. Um, and that's just not efficient. So I had to have a conversation with both of them that they're, they're, they're very much at loggerheads right now. Um, and, and we, we, I thought had worked it out to where it was like, yes, yeah, send him 
Yes, you may follow up with the managers after he does his work and see what they think. Don't don't just rely on your own opinion. Um, see what the managers think because you're expecting perfection. The managers most of the time are not. So this is a slightly different um, conversation than what we were having before. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it feeds what I was saying, which is managers most of the time are happy with good enough. And that that's that's been my mantra this week is, Sometimes good enough is good enough. We don't aim for perfection. We aim well, for fixing the problem. So go ahead. So I guess what I'm getting at is we have two issues of conflict. One is def- one would be def- not defined by not meeting. There's a conflict over the not meeting of expectations r- around work delivered. The other right. is a conflict of personality or or power or respect. So like what I would, my, when I worked in jobs where contractors were part of the project, I always found that when a contractor was sassing back at the on job person, there was no, there was never explicit. There was never a system in place for them to just eat the crap and then go to someone else and say, I just want you to know I had to swallow a bunch of crap from the client or from this other manager. And I want, and they give them a place to vent. Yeah. Like they were going to have to take it right then. And then they were going to have to eat, like swallow it and digest it versus like, so I guess what I'm asking in the case of, do you think that you could have a, a system in place in, in the structure of your company where contractors were explicitly set, told, we are here to avoid conflict. Conflict is managed up the ladder. So if you go into a situation where we see an, in a, a strong imbalance in what the client expects versus what you can deliver, you talk, you just nod your head to the client and say, yes, let me talk to my manager and then you handle it because really they're not empowered to handle those scenarios. Like there's just, so, and then the other way, the other system is if a manager at a store is yelling at you, raising their voice at you, making, making you feel inadequate, you are empowered with by us to nod your head and accept it and then immediately call us and talk about the situation. Because when, like I remember my mom working with contractors, she had some rules with some of her contractors that was do not talk to the client if you can help it. Because I know this client, they're problematic and they will set you off and I know how you are. And so just... Call me immediately anytime something comes up between them and you, and I will always have your back. And it worked well. Like that that contractor delivered great work. The client was semi-happy, but my mom was able to handle it. So that's my question is, do you feel that the a contractor that's put to, like when their angst is put against the wall, feels like they can nod and kind of eat the crap and then go and call you. Yes. Cause I've had that conversation numerous times. Okay. Um, 
with with my contractors. Um, that said, um, at the end of the day, we are a distributed company. Yeah. Um, so the peop- the technicians are the faces of the company. Um, in some cases, I can personally visit a store um, and talk to a manager, but in some cases, I can't. Um, simply because uh, for, for distance reasons, you know, five, six hours away driving time. So if it's important enough, yes, I can make a trip out there. Um, but it, it's got to raise to a level of importance that can't be solved over the phone. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the short answer is yes, they should feel empowered to do that. Um, and I, I think they do. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, they, they are the faces of the company. And, and in some cases, like in this one case, I don't have another crew or another technician to send out. This is a remote enough area. This is the only crew I got to service that store. So, uh, they, they either, it's either them or nobody and, and we'll have to see where it turns out. Um, but that, that, you know, uh, that's, so that's been my week uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's, it's not been a great one. Um, it's also while I was uh, dealing with, I was having to actually do some of the dispatching work cause one of our people was out this week. Um, so I was having to, to do some of the dispatching work as well. So I had, you know, I, I was in the guts of the system, uh, which is always good. Um, don't get me wrong there that, that doing that, and, and this is, we're going to have so many disparate points to make today. Um, doing that was great because I was getting a little frustrated with the pace at which I thought the person I'm working with, uh, taking over for this week, I was frustrated with his pace. Um, I had forgotten what it's like to do this work on a regular basis and his pace is perfect. His pace is fine. Um, I may have minor suggestions to make, but my frustrations are now gone um, because I've reminded myself what doing this on a daily basis is like. Um, It's essentially you work on this stuff Mm -hmm. and, and you have one thing open and you're working on it. You get one phone call and 30 minutes later, you're three other issues deep and you haven't finished the first one. So um, I certainly can can understand a lot better. And, and as, as a technical manager, I don't know if that's if that's a, a, a good point for speaking of getting in the code every once in a while. Um, but but it certainly doesn't hurt. And, and for for. Uh, the other company that I'm CTO of, we had a similar conversation today, not quite the same, but um, one of the developers is working through uh, data retention issues. So we've got some bad data within the last uh, year and a half that it's not that we cause the bad data. It's just bad data, bad, you know, yeah. garbage in, garbage out. Um and actually, I said it was within the past 18 months. I misspoke. It was 18 months. It was older than 18 months. And he's like, can I just delete this data? Can I can I get rid of everything from before 18 months ago? Well, the short answer yeah. is no. Um, 
because there are auditing requirements and things like that. The slightly longer answer is in our actual live database, yeah, probably. Let's make sure our backups are in place um, so that if there's audit, we will actually have to load up a backup. We'll have to, it's going to be painful for us, but it's probably less painful than actually getting rid of all that data um, and just having it in, on, on Glacier somewhere um, to where it sits in cold storage and we only pull off we need. This company's been yeah. in existence six years. We haven't needed that yeah. in once. So the first, the, the, the next time it happens will be the first time, which hmm. there's always a first time. Um, but I'm okay with taking that pain that I know will come at some point, but it solves, not only does it solve this bad data issue, it solves a lot of issues. It reduces our database size. It, 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 it does a ton of things that just make everything better. If we can get over this retention requirement, we're still going to retain the data. We're just going to retain it live. Oh, that's definitely okay. okay. I mean, the idea is the it's all about can you retrieve it if called upon to get it. That's the and and, and I th- my whole point there was was about you know jumping in and doing the work myself. I actually said to to my developer, I said, you know what, point me to where our automatic backups go because we we started talking about backups and how often and we've got we've got a backup system going, but it's not great. Okay. Um, it, it needs improvement on saving monthly backups offsite and things like that. I said, you know what, this is, this is something that's good going to be good for me to jump in and work on because it's outside the code base. I don't have to be in messing with the code. It's certainly something I can deal with. Um, and, and it, it takes away them have my developers from having to step into that step outside the code to work with it themselves. So this is another example of me jumping in and, 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 Getting my hands dirty, yeah. I guess is the best way to put it. Um, I have a, I do have a story about not making a client happy. Um, I forgot about, yeah. even, I forgot about it. It's not in this, I don't think it's in the sense of the client ultimately was unreasonable. It's just that what the client wanted to have done, I basically had to go back and say, we aren't doing this project. So it's a very right. reasonable client. Um, it's really more, uh, we signed this client up to work mainly with Megan because it's more on the small firm market, like small business marketing site. And Megan has been learning WordPress alongside the JavaScript and things. And, but immediately there's needs, technical needs that I know how to do in 15 minutes that would take Megan an hour or two to solve, if not longer, because I just have done this before. And so, and it was, it was all about performance. This person, this company's website is if you were to do a Chrome dev tools, lighthouse audit on it, it would tell you your site's at the 20% percentile of performance. And so, you know, the man, the owner, contacted me and said, I want to improve this. I need my SEO to be better. Uh, you know, I'm looking at, I, she, she talked to an SEO expert that said, your site performance is a problem here. So we prescribed a project that would take about 
three days, I think, um, three normal business days, like eight hours a day based on what it would take me to do all the improvements myself, knowing what was going on, but we would have Megan do it and it would take way longer and we weren't going to charge that extra time. But the problem, there's one singular problem with the entire thing. And that is the site is on Squarespace. It is not on WordPress. It is not on Drupal or any other kind of, you know, we can get into the code type of performance deal. And so we spent a long chunk of time just finding out what will Squarespace allow us to do to improve on the performance of the site. And ultimately what we got straight from the horse's mouth of Squarespace was you, well, their attitude was our answer is we can't do anything. Squarespace takes over the entire process and we don't have control over JavaScript loading, CSS bundling, image management, anything. Squarespace's answer is you don't need to do anything. Those audits are bunk our sites are really fast. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay. Oh, you're telling me that the company that runs that basically is responsible for SEO in the United States, Google has an audit process. They tell us to follow. And when they tell us that your site is slow on their standards, we should just say it doesn't matter because Squarespace says they're fast. You know, and I know that's a bunch of crap, but essentially we burned a good 40 hours of time um, of Megan's time, which was really for her great learning. Like she had to learn all about how Google judges websites and all these very like fringe techniques that we have to do as developers to make efficient sites load. And so it was really not a loss in that sense. Um, it was, it was a diversion project off of the JavaScript side that actually was like, but I just want to, like I said to her, by the way, keep in mind, you have to do this for every app you build, every website you build on the web. You have to keep all these things in mind. It's just that we have the power to do them in other cases. But I had to go back to the client and say, point blank, if you're on Squarespace, we cannot help you with this. We can't, like, I can't solve your problem. And part of the problem was I'm not willing to work in dev environments without a staging system, like a dev and staging environment, because I just know that there's so much, such great risk for us to take the site down on production. And then we're stuck with fixing problems that we didn't start. And the biggest problem with Squarespace is they have no such concept of a dev environment. And I know there are Squarespace developers out there that probably have better experience with Squarespace that don't care about a dev environment or a staging environment. And I'm like, I'm, I've grown up in the dev world enough to know that this is a, I have to have one in order to do work. And so it's amazing to me that when in the WordPress side and the Drupal side, there's Pantheon and WP engine that explicitly have these systems in place. And I'm like, this is, so great. Like if I had had these systems 10 years ago, working on Drupal and WordPress, I may never, I may, may not have left as fast as I did. 
because that's what I loved about moving to Rails was right. now I've got environments, now I've got CI, now I've got all of these processes in place for quality development. And I always felt like I was every click of a deployment was about to sink my time in a lot and like in a in a disaster with the Drupal FTP like FTP and everything on Drupal and WordPress. So I guess my point is ultimately as a business manager, you have to be willing to just be blunt and honest with your managers and clients and, and whoever or users and just say, we are not, we, we can't do this based on the criteria, based on the constraints that were given. And you made, and right. people will not be happy right. with that. They will not be happy with you. They will not be happy with the feature you deliver. It doesn't do everything they want. It doesn't, the wall doesn't look right based on the money that's paid. Um, the, the manager doesn't like the tone that you used with them. And that's the most correctable one is to figure out why you need to talk to someone that way. But ultimately, when it comes to project delivery of a product or service, there's going to be plenty of situations where you are not going to delight the person. And I interviewed for a job with a company that says, we must always delight the client. And I was just like, what kind of world are you in where that always happens? Like, there are situations where you're not going to delight everyone unless you're just blowing smoke up their butt sometimes, which is maybe a sales tactic, but... I work on a policy of honesty. And so that's what I had to do this week with the client was say, I can't deliver this for you with the constraints you've given me based on Squarespace. They said they understood. They, right. they said that they thought this might be a problem and it made sense what I explained. And I don't feel, I don't feel like we lost a client sure. and I feel like it was a reasonable discussion but I also didn't charge them at a, like I charge them for a small chunk of research time based on if I had done the research, this is how long it would have taken me. And it was like four hours, it was like four hours max. Right. So sure. Uh, but I kept the communication lines very open. I set the expectations up early when I told the man, I told the, the client, I was like, just so you know, I may come back to you very quickly and say, we can't do this. Cause I don't know what Squarespace will allow. And so I, in a way I hedged up right. front by saying there may be a constraint here, but I just don't know. And I don't, I don't want to think. And it's hard on a sales level to win jobs by doing that. People tend to oversell salespeople oversell what you can do reasonably. And that's the hard part of sure. sales of sales versus client management is that when you manage a client or service, you have to be a little more honest. And when you're selling it, you have to just kind of gloss over everything, over the realities. And in your role, in a way, you're doing both for construction specialties. And I, I can see where you get frustrated yeah. with that. And I probably should do that more with my consulting. <laughs> but, but I'm a horrible salesperson, <laughs> a much more honest manager a client service manager i think so i don't i don't win all the sales that i yeah. probably should because i won't take a gig when i see 
unreasonable constraints flying in the face of the delivery. And, you know, I, I don't know where I, that stands with me as a consultant, but it's probably not great. It's not good on the sales pipeline side. No, it's not good on the pipeline side, but it, as long as you're continually questioning yourself as to can I manage expectations on this to make it something I can do at a, at yeah. a lower level of what I want, then that's something. But but yeah, you never want to jump into a bad contract. So I think you probably got it handled. So what's going on? So what's going on with you All right. besides these issues for the rest of the week? Oh gracious! Not 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 a whole bunch else, but I tell you what, I probably uh, <laughs> I, I've still got conversations to have today yeah. <laughs> to, to try and clean all this up. But um, I think that's what I'm going to go do right now is go uh, go make a, another couple phone calls, talk to a couple managers, see if I see if I can smooth things yep. out. But makes sense. All right. Well, I think we're good. Cool, man. We will talk soon. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.